Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper, you are Live from the Path. To live for the path, we're going to be for the Pathway Studios here in Johnson Proper. Hey man, no one, can, no one can hear what you're saying. Say, say it again. Yeah, that is what happened. Actually, and Dan's also under the weather. Hey, oh, Dan's got the sickness. Oh, okay, that's a different joke. Anyway, uh, yeah, me, I also I agree. So here's what we got going on the show tonight. So Mike, you got some Pope style advice? I do. Hit me with it. It has to. It, I can't. It's not time yet. But it has to. Be, oh. It has to do with the uh, being a kingdom of priests. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Pope style advice from the Pope says, "Be a kingdom of priests." Yeah. Hey. So and we're going to talk about. Uh, did you guys read that article I sent you about the about the missionary? Oh yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about this guy. Talk on it. It I came lost. up. It came up at work. People brought it up. Oh really? Like did they they want to know what you wanted to say about yeah, it? Yeah. Oh man, were they, was it like a harassment? Well, I mean, kind of. They thought it was. Would you just go up there and say Jesus? <laughs> you know, and that is it. what he did. Yeah, and I said, well, I mean, to be honest, I mean, that's only the Greek transliteration of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the real, it wasn't even its original form. You know, you at least shout like, oh Joshua. <laughs> you know, <whatever. laughs> I mean, just if you at least heap right, you know, you at least pump it out, but. Uh yeah. So anyway, so there was a the American Christian missionary um was went on a remote island. Uh shoot, I was trying to remember where it's at or what it was called. Uh oh, North Sentinel Island last mm-hmm. week uh just off India in the Adaman Islands in India. And it, like it's off limits. You're not allowed to go on there. Like it's illegal to travel there because there were there's like 150 200 natives there and they're trying to protect their uh society from getting uh diseases. Right, so like you could just wander in there just to take a look, and then bring some disease and wipe them out. Yep. And they uh, they believe they've been hanging. Of course, their estimate is like ten thousand years. Well, in either case, they're 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 cardened off. And so it's illegal to go over there. And this guy trucks in, and he says, "Look, they they still need Jesus, so I'm heading in." So we're going to talk about that because I, I actually saw a pretty mixed bag of reactions, and uh, uh, I, I I have a question. I have a question related to it. So we're going to talk about that. Also, a, a do you guys remember? I want to say uh, maybe a year back or so, we were talking about that Chinese system of like um, of points, of like a credit system, a moral credit system. I'm pretty sure it was above my head, Ben. Buva, uh, do you remember that discussion? Buva wasn't here. I wasn't. So, uh, so the deal was, it's like China. It's like a video game, but for people. <laughs> so, if you do things that the government approves of, you get basically positive points. If you do things that the government doesn't approve of, like smoking or jaywalking, they take points away. Okay, so so the 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 point is is that like they're they're going to use basically the social credit system to <laughs> think of it to unlock or restrict the, what you can do, and um and we said, boy, man, that seems really like totalitarian action, and and what what will this be? Yeah, and so so anyway, there's there's an update on it where they're they're actually kind of they're using it. Oh, and so um, and they're they're looking to have it kind of full force uh, here in a few years, but they've started blacklisting some people from public transport. And so, anyway, I thought we'd talk about that. Yeah, that sounds all right. Do we we don't what? have any we don't have any system like that in America. No, not yet. Yeah. Working on it. Hey, I'm 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 doubling down on my adopt a migrant. 
I feel like I, I ran this by a couple more people this week. I'm super excited about it because this immigration thing up with this group of people. The trying to make their way. I, I feel like I got to go down there. To the I, I, I don't. I don't trust anybody. I don't. So, so like uh, again, I have a pretty diverse um, uh, cross section of, of social media folk. Are you talking about? But stop saying that. <laughs> no, it's not what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but but anyway, like like some people are like like uh, hey, you know they just need they're, they're fleeing from from real persecution and uh, they're seeking asylum like people would. Our country was based on that and like they're just they're needy. They're dragging their kids across. It's very difficult. And then. Then you got another group of people who are like they're all they're all uh, they're all criminals, <laughs> they're they're all just brutish criminals. Hey, it's full of women and children. Hey, no, it's not. It's full of dudes. I'm like, this has to be easily provable. Yeah. Like, what, 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 you need a drone in a couple hours, and I feel like you can sort some of this out. And but here's the, I just I don't trust things. I don't trust what people are telling me in any news news source uh, on, on any section. And so the only thing I can figure out is I have to go down there. You know, this is where TV's really let us down, right? Because you watch you watch like these crime shows or. 24 you're like got eyes and ears everywhere and and we can't we can't bypass the sentinel island tribe folks who seem to have outgunned us with spears because i mean the man's body is still there we yeah right we can't outflank them <laughs> we can't seem to come up with a way to, to handle this correctly and then there's an undetermined amount of cloud migrants rolling towards the country and no one can uh, can develop the cross section demographic on who exactly is there. I mean, we could we've been tracking them for like weeks. You know what I'm saying? The story's been been a, a big deal for weeks, and we couldn't have just a flown a copter over the top and go. Eh, I bet that's fifty percent kids. You know something? Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's what I'm saying. It's like uh, just give me a live feed. You so, know, some, somebody's got to have an Obama phone down there. I mean, do you think they uh, do you think they they actually don't know that information, or it's a misinformation type of thing? Yeah, I think people are uh, I think people are lying to me. That's what I think. Yeah, like it is. It is a misinformation thing. Um, but but here's why: I don't know who's lying to me. I or or the, like the, the the truth is in the middle somewhere. And say so here's the thing: that's likely to be the case, right? It's like there's likely to be a group of people who desperately need help, and then there's likely to be some sort of cartel of brigands in there. Yeah. And how the hell am I supposed to know the difference? Because one news story wants to say, "Oh yes, it's women and children; they need our help." And I'm like, "Oh yes, they do." And then the other news section wants to say, "It's full of vile brigands." And I'm like, "Keep them out! I don't want any brigands in here." Yeah. And then I'm screwed. I'm yeah. screwed because I'm a legit. Here's the here's here's the problem. It's hard to be a reasonable person in this in this area because, like, if someone was telling you the truth, then you could react to the truth and say, "Yes, help people that need help. Don't let people in who are going to cause trouble." It is that like everyone agrees to these things. What we can't seem to shake out is who actually makes up these parties. Actually, it's true. Almost every every big situation, and even actually the small ones, it all boils down to someone telling some half version of the truth, right? People show up at your house and they're like, "I got I got kicked out of my apartment and I don't have any place to live and I'm super hungry." What you left out was is that you've been drinking for ten years and didn't pay your rent. Right. <laughs> you That's why you got booted. Like, you didn't tell me the truth. You didn't show up and say, "Hey, I need help with my drinking problem." You acted like the house thing was the deal, and it wasn't. It was an offshoot of the drinking problem. And so, like, people, they just don't want to tell you the deal so you could deal with it honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that is the rub, right? It's a series of, uh, of half-truths, and we've gotten all used to it. Like, I'm going to tell part of the story. And then, I mean, it's, pro- it's exhaustive to tell a whole story. But, damn it, you need to tell the whole story. Well, I mean, it, if, you want, if you want a real fix, you've got to tell a real story, right? Like, you can't, if you address the, 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 whatever, the outskirts of the problem, then you, you might solve the outskirts of the problem, but you're just going to produce more outskirts. Because the real problem still exists, yeah. And so uh, the same is true with the with the migrant folks. Like if it's ladies and children, 
and 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 even the dudes willing to submit to the authority of the United States, then yeah, yeah okay, if, then figure it out. Go through yeah. the process, figure it out. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to come over and start bombing rocks at windows or whatever, yeah, you could stay put. We don't want no rock bombers over here. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> that wasn't even on the docket. Um, there, and then there was a story, and we'll lead with this. Uh, the New York Post, and I thought like. It was, it was interesting. I saw a couple of people post this, and no one made what I consider to be the appropriate res, uh, reference. But this is from the November 24th article in the New York Post. It says, turns out all of humanity is related to a single couple. No. And you think to yourself, you don't say. <laughs> so here, here's the story. It says, a new study revealed that all humans are descendants of the same man and woman who lived 100,000 to 200,000 years ago. Our communal mom and dad got together after a catastrophic event almost wiped out the human race, the Daily Mail reported of the study. The researchers studied the DNA of 5 million animals, including humans, to come to their conclusions. They also found that every 9 out of 10 animals came from the same original creatures. <laughs> hey, man, who's the, who's the 1 out of 10? I was going to say. Is it the narwhal? It doesn't say. Okay. It's, it's it, doesn't, it does not speak to it. Uh, so it says, the research showed that humans have very low genetic diversity and variants within the species similar to many other animals. The report comes out of Rockefeller University and the University of Basel, uh, Switzerland, published by the journal Human Evolution. Oh, I mean, they sound like they would be uh, staunchly against uh, our standing. Uh, no, so, so they, they might otherwise agree to the same thing. Like, it doesn't, um, it doesn't debunk, the, from their perspective, a premise that says um, uh, humans otherwise evolved from uh, a different organism. Um, but the, what they're saying is after that occurred, some sort of catastrophic event happened, wiped almost everybody out, left two different gendered folks in, and then they repopulated the earth. I'm just, now here's the thing. It's starting to stretch a bit it's because it, like, that's the only way you can come to that conclusion, right? Because like, your general thought would be um, is that if you're all kind of evolving from these um, uh, from, from simpler organisms, um, yeah, at some point you're going to happen to come across two of, of which can, can produce a similar line with no genetic diversity, right? Where that persists and the stuff around it does not. Um, but the question is, is, like, I, I, is the catastrophic event. Like, I, you, you must need that for something. For something to remain true, otherwise, like that's that's a real uh, that's a real wild card. Like that's I, not a scientific thing. Hey, we think something crazy happened uh, without like without other proof that's not related to this study. Like for to include it in the study, uh, it's it's a bit of a wild card. You know, I, I I really wish I knew more about about the the theory of evolution. Right, like like communal evolution is hard for me to grasp. Like there, I mean, it's it's possible that you get one fish that goes, you know what, legs. Definitely. But, like, how does he communicate this to other fish and go, wheel some legs in? We should adapt for legs. And another, another fish agrees and goes, yes, I agree. That's not how it works, Mike. And then they I sprout them out. I mean, it's not even purported with how it works. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, yeah, but what, 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 what drives the need for evolution, right? And what makes it happen at the same time so there's a male and female? It's male not. So like now the, available. The, the prospect is that happens uh, iteratively over, you know, thousands and thousands So there's, of there's, years. there's useless legs that trailed the fish for a right. while yeah, until it's, finally it's, one dude figured it out? It's small, small, small changes in genetics that come over, you know, thousand-year period. Yeah, of, but there has to be a, a point in time where it goes, I breathe through my gills or <gasps> I where, breathe through my lungs. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and, like, and one brave soul that, that, that took, stormed the beach and said, <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is the so, deal. <laughs> so you think that there was some fish Normandy that happened <laughs> where they just one day went, let's do this. I, here's what I'm saying. We you have put, prepared You long could enough. put it on this ethereal chart or whatever and be like, yes, this <laughs> happened. But like... It's just like we have a hard time grasping some of the stories in the Bible as actual events. Right. But at some point, the man fish had to roll out 
and come onto the beach and go, I'm going to use these extra organs that I don't comprehend and this weird vestigial toe-looking operation like that, and then I'm going to just march onto the dry land and go, turns out I can survive here. I wish someone would have told me. Somebody, has, one of them animals had to do it. Well, from, from what I understand, there's, there's evolution and adaptation happen because of necessity. Like, it, it changes because either they're not getting something they need to be living air, food, water, whatever, and they have to strive for that, like giraffes being able to re- so, so that part like, does not that's that's actually the part that I really struggle with. That part doesn't make sense to me because um let's say uh I saw that on a kids uh program once they were talking about giraffes and say well giraffes came be they got the long necks because they need to be able to get to the food. If I'm supposed to take in evolution as uh, something that's happened incrementally over thousands and thousands <laughs> of years that would be a like, dead species. That mean, yeah, they would they would have died by then. Right. Like and it secondly it assumes that there's a persistence inside the will of the animal to say my next shell will be bigger. Right. Yeah. Not like happenstance, not random. Like it says, because what, say, what they would say then is that like, well, only the ones with the tall necks would survive. But like, it's, it's a circular argument because uh, obviously it, it wouldn't have the tall neck except for random happenstance. And there's no way some kind of lynx looking creature with a normal head, like suddenly birthed a giant like six foot right. head and went, right. well, I'll be damned. <laughs> I can reach this now. And then, and then some other crazy lynx goes, you know what, I'm going to copulate with that giant neck one over there and see if we can persist on this beast because we can reach things. And, and if you're talking about evolution, you're, you're, you're evolving into something that can have compound thought and take in the world as it is. Have you met a fish? I mean, that idiot gets sucked in the, in the filter tube. I mean, every time. Every time you buy a new goldfish, he goes honk, and there he blocks the filter the filter tube that cleans his water, and he dies there, right? And so it, it would have to be a fish that can look at the wherewithal and go, weather patterns are changing, and it seems to me the depth of this ocean seems to be sinking a bit. <laughs> Maybe we should sprout legs and lungs, and then we should toop out. And, and, it, and then 85 million years later, we have us. And then all of a sudden, here we are. Like, it just, you, you, you're impressing so much upon, upon the, the brains and, and willpower for nature to change itself I mean, I, honestly, of all the things that people could change, we'd change all kinds of stuff. Male pattern baldness wouldn't exist. It's been going on for 100 years. You'd figure that in 1910, at least one of the dudes that on our benefit would go, we got to get this hair back. It was definitely <laughs> helpful. Yeah. <laughs> if you were, if, Just if, think if, about it really, really hard. If there was an inertia within individuals to otherwise make things happen, there'd be warmer heads and, and, and longer willies going, going across the place. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's what would be happening. Yeah. And, and what oh, kind man. of guy would, not, would, would, not, would go like, you know what, sunburns? I love them. I hope we get more pasty and white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We would evolved to something different. It's yeah. it's weird. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I'm just saying that there's things that I'm not grasping. I, yeah. Now, granted, we're presenting the argument in a cartoon style way that makes it sound <laughs> ridiculous. I'm sure there's some better science on it than I'm grasping. But like on its face, if you look at it in its entirety, it's just hard to take in. It's the and the core thing is is the presence of the will, the presence of a compound thought and a and an, a will or an inertia within something. Um, that doesn't mix with the happenstance. That like like I can I can I get it. I get the logic of things happening incrementally over thousands and thousands of years. But you cannot combine that with a animal that says, "Oh, you know what? If I could only a little bit taller, then things would be better." This I hope this works out. Yeah, but I mean, and as long as you're growing taller, shouldn't you develop like an armadillo type type shield on you so people can't can't attack you from the side? Yeah, we're so single minded. Yeah, yeah. You don't. I want really to be want... the rhinoceros and the giraffe. Yeah, I want the high leaves. I mean, what made what made our sp- a particular version of evolution take off, right? And then here's the giraffe unprotected, eating high leaves, looking up at the sky all the time. Yeah. He should have grown a shield of some some sort. And then I, actually, you know what ultimately what it comes to is I, I look at the process and say I freaking failed. We've evolved into a place of which I, we're creating um, 
organisms that will destroy themselves. That's us, right? Like at some point, it's a false, it's a false um, uh, improvement, right? Because like we could say, oh, like, look at all the improvements in, in, in humanity is the top of the chain. But like there's no other animal that destroys its own habitat. Yeah. There's no other animal that destroys itself. There's no other animal that has the frailty that our emotions have. And you think to yourself, like, in what world is it? See, we think it's positive because it feels like us. Because it's, all, like, it's a very narrow way of looking at life that says it must be the greatest of all things because it's all of our attributes. But, like, they talk about how, how did emotions evolve. And I'm like, I'm not sure that these are overall beneficial. Like, what did we gain having emotions, like, a deeper sense of, except for to, to reflect to a creator God. And then I get it. But, like, past that, I, the, 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 the argument, one, of where they come from, but two, of, like, not, not like, hey, what can we do now? But do, does it actually benefit? There has to be a, t- a secondary measure of what is actually good, not just what is different, which is what we tend to measure on, hey, it evolved because it's different. But, like, I don't know that it's always good. No, I mean, when you have the option to say, you know, sometimes a man will step back and go, you know what, I feel like a simpler life would, would be just so much easier on me. Right, because the giraffe doesn't worry about existential crises or wonder why he was created. He goes leaves. Yes, yeah, uh, yes, I'll have some. Yes, <laughs> this sounds good. Glad they're not lower. Bruce is at that one. He will oh. not let me have some. Oh I will wait, find my another. neck bends. I'll get the lower ones too. <laughs> I mean, I just, it just don't make any sense. All right. So anyway, uh, that's uh, that's the New York Post. All humanity is related to a single couple. I was kind of I wanted to go read the study. Um, and then I'm also kind of interested on. I'm sure there's rebuttals to it or something. It'd be kind of interesting to check out. Uh, but I'm not going to drag you through that. Noah, you old flirt. All right. Uh, here we go. China blacklists millions of people from booking flights as social credit system is introduced. Yeah. Uh, here is, uh, here's the, the information. <laughs> millions of Chinese nationals have been blocked from booking flights or trains as Beijing seeks to implement its controversial social credit system, which allows the government to closely monitor and judge each of its 1.3 billion citizens based upon their behavior and activity. The system to be rolled out by 2020 aims to make it, quote, difficult to move for those deemed untrustworthy, according to the detailed plan published by the government this week. It will be used to reward or punish people and organizations for trustworthiness across a range of measures. A key part of the plan not only involves blacklisting people with low social credibility scores, but also publicly disclosing the records of enterprises and individuals on trustworthiness on a regular basis. The plan stated, we will improve the credit blacklist system, publicly disclose the records of enterprises and individuals on trustworthiness on a regular basis, and form a pattern of distrust and punishment for those deemed untrustworthy everywhere is limited and it is difficult to move so that those who violate the law and lose the trust will pay a heavy price uh, additional detail the credit system is already being rolled out in some areas and in recent months the chinese state has blocked millions of people from booking flights and high-speed trains according to the state-run news outlet global times as of may this year the government had blocked 11.14 million people from flights and four and a quarter million from taking high-speed train trips the state has also begun to clamp down on luxury options Three million people are barred from getting business class train tickets, uh, according to the China News Asia. The aim, according to Hao Yunqin, former deputy director of the Development Research Center of the State Council, is to make discredited people become bankrupt, huh. he said earlier this year. The eastern state of Hangzhou, southwest of Shanghai, is one area where a social credit system is already in place. Okay, here we go. People are awarded credit points for activities such as undertaking volunteer work and giving blood donations, while those who violate traffic laws and charge under-the-table fees are punished. Other infractions reportedly include smoking in non-smoking zones, buying too many video games, and posting fake news online. Holy cow. Punishments are not clearly detailed in the government plan, but beyond making travel difficult, are also believed to include slowing internet speeds, (laughs) 
reducing access to good schools for individuals or their children, banning people oh. from certain jobs, preventing booking at certain hotels, and losing the right to own pets. Oh. When plans for the fo- social credit scheme were first announced in 2014, the government said the aim was to broadly shape the thick atmosphere in the entire society that keeping trust is glorious and breaking trust is disgraceful. As well as the introduction of Beijing, the government plans a rapid national rollout. We will implement a unified system of credit rating codes nationwide, the country's latest five-year plan dated. You know, I, here's the thing. As a Christ follower, this is a, a, it's an abomination, right? Because uh, to, not, to not let the right hand know what the left hand is doing, like to say volunteer work, like it, it is to your benefit in China to report that you're doing it. Oh, yeah, right. Otherwise, <laughs> you're in big trouble. But... But like this, uh, this broad sweeping thing where it says, look, if, you, if I can't trust you not to smoke in a non-smoking area, then I don't trust you to have a pet because you obviously make bad decisions across the board. These are the kind of sweeping judgments that I, I enjoy because it seems that <laughs> – I mean, here's, but here's the thing. Here's why I say this is because uh, uh, I was talking to a fella earlier this week about – oh, I think it was my kids. I was talking to my kids this week. It was about drunk driving. They didn't understand what drunk driving was because uh, they didn't understand what drunkenness was all about because they don't run into that many of them. Obviously, but they but they said, uh, you know, so if you break a traffic law, what happens? What's the worst? And I said, well, if you can't get caught drunk driving or whatever, it's like a ten thousand dollar fine or whatever. And it's a, it's a real big deal. It kind of it kind of, you know, brings your life to a halt for a little while. And they're like, well, why wouldn't they just put you in prison for life? Wouldn't less people do it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think they would. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, to a certain extent, we like to say we like to believe in, 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 in redemption for your soul and 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 for your life and following Christ that you can be you can be parlayed the cost of your sin for your internal soul. But here on earth, if you drunk drive, yeah, you should go to jail for life. And then we'll see uh, we'll see a downtick. People will not will, will not take the risk. And, and and you say, well, no, I don't think that's the case. People will continue to drunk drive. Here's the deal: if you could get away with murdering a man, and you knew it was only going to cost you six months in prison, the murders would go up. Yeah, People just don't want to pay the price for doing what they want to do. And so the same is true with some of the crimes that we, we tend to tolerate. You know, the stuff that we say, yeah, it's acceptable, but only to the tune of this if you get caught doing it. It's the same reason no one cares about a speeding ticket. Yeah, go ahead, ring me up. You know, I'll <laughs> take the whatever $65 fine plus court costs. I have places to go today, and the odds of you catching me are pretty low, and so we're not worried about it. And the same thing can be true. Like the, the social justice thing in China, is, is, it's, a marked, it's a marked thing. Like stop smoking in not smoking areas. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you can't have a pet. We're not going to let you stay at the hotel. Well, maybe you'll think twice about doing that. Booba, what do you think? You behind this plan? No. Why not? Come on. Not. No. I don't know. You want more liberties to make mistakes. You would not like to live your life intentionally. The freedom to smoke on a dog. Yeah. The freedom to smoke on a dog, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. that's the okay. combination of the two um, crimes. <laughs> why should I help people? I don't want to volunteer. I just want to be me. I get, I get why they're doing it. It makes sense why they're doing it. But I still don't agree with it. Like, I just, the, the concept of, of the social crediting system, I feel is so corruptible, it scares me. Because <laughs> the trustworthy system itself is untrustworthy. Uh, absolutely, because okay. people are involved. Yeah. The problem, the fact of the matter is, is someone has to make, and that means that someone can be swayed. That means that, that, that you know, the right money in the wrong place can make this a, a bad deal. Um, you know, you, you, it's too easy to sway people with money. And I'm afraid that there are people that will try and take advantage of this from, from an extortion perspective and, and, you know, putting money out and saying, I don't like that person. 
And so I'm going to put a little bit of pressure, whether it's intimidation pressures, persuasion, or bribery uh, on the right people to make that person's life much harder. And that way they have to do something for it. You know, the, the, the right person with the right amount of money can go, you know, I'm trying to do business with someone. They're not willing to do business with me. So I'm going to go to the council or whoever makes this decision about social credibility and can make things happen, can, can fib up data or whatever they need to do to make this person's social credit score go down so that if you're not doing business with me, well, that's fine. You can make that choice. But now you can't book hotels. And now you can't fly out of the country to do your international business. Do you feel like it would lead to a lot of childish things? Like you'd roll in by a guy and say, hey, man, can you hold this cigarette for me for a minute? And then you run away and take a picture of him. Dragging I, I mean, in an I, 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 I distrust humanity enough to know that I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I mean, I don't think that's the biggest systemic problem with it is me running over to Mike and going, hey, man, can you hold this Marlboro for me real quick? Oh, no, smoking and non-smoking. Yeah, I uh, submit this to the authorities. Oh, did you say you wanted to book that hotel? Oh, I wanted to make sure there was a spot for can me. Can you so imagine now you're if you, I mean, one small infraction, right? Like you jump, you jump the turnstile or you ran the turnstile and you thought you paid, but it kicked your quarter out after you had passed, right? And all of a sudden you get slower internet speeds and you're like, what? Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's this weird causation where the, it's, it, I get what they're trying to institute and I understand understand that they're trying to to make a social system that doesn't necessarily depend on 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 prisons and on on finding itself it's ultimately if you do these things we will make your life harder i mean I, that they're not they're not saying we will not put you in prison or no and, or and I, I get that i'm just saying like it, infractions that would normally cause a fine or nothing here. like not doing a, 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 excuse me community service are now being penalized from that perspective rather than actually getting a fine or going to prison. There's, there's still criminal institutions, but right. they're, they're implementing the social institution to further something. I think you just want to do untrustworthy things. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I am completely against this, not for the fact that it, it could be completely corruptible and take away actual legitimate freedom. Only because I I thrive in, in untrustworthiness. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Mike. Yes. I couldn't be more... Transparent with more that. of a virus. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me on multiple occasions tonight that I am indeed a virus, and I need to have a social accreditation credit system to make certain that I'm doing the right things, like not smoking on my dog. And what are your thoughts? On I this, think man? we're being way too light. This is absolutely preposterous, Ben. It Agreed. Is, it is preposterous. This has this has merit coming out the wazoo. It is, it is a it is a society without grace for one. Right, it doesn't allow it doesn't allow uh, the breath uh, or uh, uh, humanity to just breathe a bit. Uh, secondly, Boo was absolutely correct. It put the assessments are crazy subjective. Do things we like, who's the we? Do things we don't like, get punishment. You tell me what this means for your underground churches in China. You tell me what that means. They're already under persecution. I know. And as long as they don't smoke in not smoking areas, <laughs> they should be fine. But here's the thing. Is <laughs> no, they're like, just going to be murdered. You've opened up the avenue in which to punish them differently, right? So, like, you can't, if you can't charge them for a crime because, for example, the world would be outraged, you and I'll never hear about the fact that they got, they got their internet taken away. The fact that they, no one can own a pet. The fact that basically you're, you're, you're taking away social graces that are related to them. It's, no, it's awful. You know, to add something that's, that's kind of similar there's have you guys ever heard the show black mirror on netflix no um it's a phenomenal show that i actually really enjoy it's kind of like a new age twilight zone if you will but there was one episode where they introduced this concept of um a voting system from a social media perspective and so like you had a score if you will based off of like your interactions with people and so like if you had a good interaction with someone that served you coffee you can go to their profile if you will and 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 you know click a yes or they did good and vote them up 
And then if you did something wrong, you could be voted down. And this gal is like super high up and she just got this new apartment because she finally got voted to a high enough place and she got invited to this super cool party and that was why her her voter score went up immensely. And then like one bad day happened and she went from this super high score to the super low score and she couldn't catch a flight and she wasn't able to have a a high enough score to get a, a rental car and all this different stuff. And like it had tragic uh, 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 things, uh, repercussions that happened in this gal's life because of this social rating system that was based on on society's thoughts on you, so you could go in and rate someone down. And it, it it kind of explained this whole concept of if we don't have legitimacy in the rating system, but we do from a social media perspective. And this just kind of takes that to one step further, which is this is a government-run social accreditation program that has complete control and actual physical repercussions to your life. And I don't believe that the government should have that much power over its people. The government is not there to uh, to govern to that micro level uh, from a morality perspective because you break it down. That's what this is. It's if you're being trustworthy or immoral. And now we're giving this government, this huge government, power over 1.4 billion people. Is that what I said? 1.3 billion people uh, to to make judgment calls on their life whether or not they are moral enough. I find it weird they won't let them travel. You know, wouldn't that what you would be want, the unsavories yeah, get to travel out? out? The goal is to shame them, right? Like every, right. everyone else can take this route, not, you know, Shang Tzu. He has to, he has to walk or take a cab or something. It's or a, you just can't leave. It's a sh- mean, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a restriction and it's a shaming mechanism. And so, so think of how easy okay, it is. Now, for, okay, now, hold on. Now, you just, just hold on a minute. That's right. Now, listen to this. Let's say that it was incorruptible. It's not incorruptible. <laughs> no, it's yeah, not. It, it, okay. Incorruptible. Uh huh. Do we still have a problem with this? Yes. Whatever circumstance that allows it to be incorruptible uh, would also mean it's unnecessary. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, because then you can trust everyone. <laughs> yeah. Because it's incorruptible. That's right. If if if, if and then we don't need a social no, credit system no, to gauge trustworthiness. That if that that means if you got busted, say smoking in the non-smoking area, you did it on purpose because you were just trying to put it to the man. You didn't accidentally walk through it. You stood there and you smoked in the old folks' home. You did it on purpose, and so now what? you ain't traveling. So, so ba- basically, all crimes are willful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's still a problem. Mm. Yeah, because there's there's a criminal system in place that allows this, or they, that is already there. So you're saying there you'd are ra- criminal? You would rather have them just make these things a crime if that's what they're going to call them? Just well, make it a crime. I, it, I think it already is. I think if you're smoking in a non-smoking section, I'm sure there's a fine. What was one of the other offenses? So we, um, uh, oh, I didn't say. It was smoking in a non-smoking section. Um, not volunteering. No, that was a plus. Yeah, non. Did they do the pluses in the? I, no, I think if you don't volunteer, it's a minus. Oh, that's uh, how I took that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the the, the questions are you're either um, you're either trustworthy or untrustworthy. Right. It's it's not whether or not you are criminal or not. <laughs> it's it's a morality judgment. It's it's your social credit score, and it's all dependent on how moral you are. It's it's trying to it's trying to incentivize morality in, in an impossible way. You can't affect people just based off of carrot and stick. Like that's that's ridiculous. That hasn't happened and worked forever. That's because the donkey evolved to a human and said, "I will, I will get my own." <laughs> the the fish went one day and be like, "Hey man, you know what would be awesome? Feet." <laughs> I mean, we we incentivize things. We incentivize social behavior by, for example, taxation. Right, so like we say, hey, we think people should have kids, so they give tax credits for having children. Yes. Um, so that, that, that is what we use. So, so it's not like the U.S. government doesn't have a finger in saying, here's the stuff we want to promote, here's the stuff we don't want to promote. But at least most of the time, that's kind of at least 
partly behind an economical reason. Like, that's bolstering the economy. Is that tax cuts? I, I mean, I, the, the Chinese can certainly make the same argument. Uh, it's econo- It's to their economic benefit. Ben- it's more beneficial to them economically if you have a, a populace who is otherwise trustworthy. No, it's not. It's more beneficial for them to have a, 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 a populace that's not trustworthy so they can t- continue to find them and have a criminal system. You can't find people that are untrustworthy. You can they find stop someone who's smoking in a non-smoking no, section. No, no, no. no it's, it's cheaper. Listen here. You're thinking of this all wrong. If I have a trustworthy populace, I need half the number of enforcement officers, right? I don't need a bunch of clerks processing payments downtown. You're also not okay, taking in I suppose payment. that's fair, but... Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Buva, you're, It's still wrong, Buva. Ben, I, I you're agree. on I the just, same side as Ben, Buva. <laughs> no, I, but well, I understand. I, mean, I know why it's that. wrong. It's it, it's <laughs> because it is corruptible, and even if it wasn't corruptible, it lacks mercy. Well, and so does our laws. You still go to jail for stealing. It doesn't mean you can't be forgiven for it, but you still got to go to jail. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But you've you've waded into to um to to minor crime, right? Like like you're, what you consider to be minor crime. Like there are there are things. Yes, yes, what I consider to be minor crime. Like smoking in an unspoken area. <laughs> why, I mean, why even have the area if people are just going to do so, whatever the next so day I, So I guess, Mike, from that perspective, like, would you, would you say all crimes should have a minimum sentence of five years in prison? Yeah. No option. Yeah. Wow. You want to cut down on jaywalking? I mean, enforce it. Put them in. <laughs> Here's the thing. People are like, eh, it's not that big. You know what's not a big deal? Going to the crosswalk <laughs> and then walking across at the right place. Have you ever actually been fined or... or- Anything for jaywalking? No. Okay, good. It's not even enforceable. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's like if you want to if you want to create impotent laws, then put no teeth behind them. If you want people to obey them, put some teeth behind them. And what you'll get is the is the populace going, eh, the punishment is too severe. Although you committed the crime, why don't you just behave yourself and not do the wrong thing? Man. I, I, I don't think I've disagreed with you for... So much on something for a long time. Why do you want to break laws, Booba? Why can't you just behave yourself? <laughs> is, is that the logical conclusion to this to you? Is if I don't agree with your minimum five-year prove- sentencing thing, that it's automatically because I'm immoral? I'm just saying, is there that, bi- is there that big of a difference between, between just obeying the law? I don't agree with this Chinese thing, right? But like on the whole of it, I mean, we, we give ourselves so much grace for just flat out not doing the right thing. Because that's, oh, want, that's true. Because we don't want to. And so the I, only I way the that. only way people are incentivized is is by punishment <laughs> is to say if you do this we will be forced to do this. I tell you what, the next time I get caught speeding, I will make certain to, to tell the officer that I believe that I should have a five year sentence that he needs to take me. Hey, down. I'm gonna, I'm going to let you off easy. No, you are not. Tell me if you if you didn't know it was a five year <laughs> sentence that you wouldn't have spent in the first place. Oh, I I agree with the fact that if every crime ends up having a five year sentence. More people are probably going to go, is, eh, I don't want to do it that. It is social. I mean, here's the thing. It, it's, it's, it's short-sighted. So, like, let's say. Excuse uh, me. <laughs> hold on. Are you, hold on. <laughs> are you accusing me of being, are you calling me short-sighted? <laughs> yes. No, no, no. Well, yes. And, yes. And the Chinese system. You're lucky that's not against the law. <laughs> short-sighted. <laughs> Hand him a cigarette in a non-smoking area. His social credit will go down and he can't, he can't go to Shangzhou so, or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. So, so, so Shangzi over here uh, is a speeder. <laughs> Okay. okay, he's a speeder, and now his kids can't go to the better schools. How was that? How was that positive? That's a terrible thing. I, I, right, right. Like that. Like it's short-sighted to say to punish Shang Zi. I wish to restrict his children from be, be, becoming more productive members of society. Okay, ready? A counterexample: Shang Zi is a sluggard who doesn't get a job. Now his kids can't go to better schools. Both are preventable. Shang Zi could get a job. Shang Zi could stop speeding. Both are preventable according to him. He just does not do it. Uh, Shang-Zi is speeding to get to that job. 
<laughs> oh, oh, I see. So Shang Z can't get up early enough. Still on him. Still onus on him. So I, I don't disagree. But like, is it the question? Is it proportionate? Is it proportionate to say speeder? Uh, because he's a speeder, his he he no longer can take the fast train or visit his parents. Yes. Is it proportionate to say that a man who doesn't work doesn't eat? Yes, but those two things are connected. Yeah. Whether is, whether he's a speeder and whether he can visit his parents. How are, are we supposed connected? to trust you on public transit if we can't trust you in your own vehicle to go a regular speed? Maybe you're going to get on the train and get in a buck wild. We don't know what you're going to do. You, you have a tendency hey man, to break laws. I have sped before, <laughs> and I've never assaulted someone on a train, a plane, or any kind of public transportation. Because you are afraid of the consequences. Like, like the under, here's the deal. The underlying thought here is there's a, there's a, that you're a bad character. Yes. Basically, <laughs> a, a bad hombre does bad things. A good hombre does good things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If yes. you if you smoke in a non-smoking area, You're you kick dogs, poke old ladies in the face, and become nude on the train. Yes. That's what you're saying. None of it is circumstantial. It is all connected. You, you either you either bend one way within your political and or moral alignment or the other. Okay, I, I, here's here's what I'm saying. Everyone's a bad, bad Leroy Brown or the good guy. Yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing. That's the benefit. That's the definition of a good hombre. <laughs> Why is he good? Because he does good things most of the time. That's what makes him. Although, good. although, like it, it's a uh, shoot. Now I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to read it. I can't. It's the thing's not rendering fast enough for me to get it from the Chinese into the English. But like, um, uh, it, it's a crediting system, right? So I could speed five times and then give blood. And so, right. the, so the question is, is that like, how do you keep? Now it's interesting. What kind of balance you keep is like, well, if you give enough money to X, Y, Z. Then it's oh, then basically you're paying f- to be able to commit crimes. Uh, it's the, the paying for indulgences that happen in the church. That's so right. T- so it's Catholicism. T- yeah, but well, <laughs> tell me it's not the it old is Chinese Catholicism. It's the sacrificial system. You commit sins, you kill a bird and two goats. Are you are you paying to continue sinning? Uh, Would you have the same discredit towards the that system? Uh, no, but you can't you can't do it in advance. All 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 sacrifices like all sin costs the same. Okay, I see what you're saying. Oh, you request. can't like kill five goats and say I'm 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 in the black. <laughs> now, now I can commit sin. That's right. I right. I can smack Doug in the face, and the <laughs> Lord can speak nothing on it because I already gave him five goats four, to cover. Four goats. Who's next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> we're. I, uh, I mean, I have to check. I mean, maybe we're misrepresenting the Chinese uh, social social system. I mean, here's the thing: uh, is 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 uh, I'm on a tangent, obviously, because I do, I don't think this is actually a good idea, but. Uh, that it was. Be honest. That's where my pope style advice was heading. It would had to do with being a kingdom of priests and giving ourselves way too much grace on on what we expect out of ourselves and what and what we expect out of other people. And, and like sometimes I think we just set the bar way too low and go look. If you're not supposed to speed, stop doing that. Just don't do it and don't go. Whoops, I sped because I weighed the consequences out. Figured they're probably not going to catch me. And even if they do, I haven't had a speeding ticket in four years. I won't go on my license. But it's seventy five bucks. Yeah, I'll speed. I'll do it. And then you do it. You don't have any respect for the law that was there in the first place or the authority that gave it. You just said, I'll do what I want this time. And, and it's, it's half the problems that we end up when people find themselves drifting away from, from the kingdom of God. It's for those exact reasons. You said, I'm going to trade what, what God says is good and great. Obviously, the Chinese government is not in the same position to have an omniscient authority to say what is good and what is not. But God is. And God says, this is what is good and this is what my character is. And we go, eh. I think I'll do what I want this time, as long as I can come back at some point. And and you do it anyway. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. This is the this is a uh, a much more firmer realization of the fact that like things have consequences, right? But to to, to to I mean I mean I'm gonna side hug Mike's point here. 
without otherwise snuggling up to it, is to say mm-hmm. that like it, it, this validates that things have consequences, right? Is to say, hey, I, I should I, if I, I'm going to smoke in the non-smoking sections, guys. Like, we well, can't have a dog, and, and we're outraged that there's even a consequence. We're not outraged at whatever the consequence is. You say it's, all all I did was smoke in the non-smoking. Yeah, section. all I did was violate. Right, so that's how I would say it. All I did was smoke in the non-smoking section. Whereas the right rendering is is all you did was violate the law. They said, don't do this. You did it anyway, and now you're aghast at the. In fact, how many times you have the same conversation with your children? We're like, hey, we told you not to do this thing. You did the thing. I don't understand what you're, what you're surprised at here. Yeah. This is the consequence of the thing. It's you shouldn't have done it. that you're punishing me for blah, blah, blah. And you said, these were freestanding laws. They've always, it's always been the case here that you can't hit your sister and call her Scooby Doo. And so you did it. And so consequence, bleh, happens. And so it shouldn't have been a shocker. You, sh- you can't really be upset about it. It's not a surprise. You broke the, you broke the deal. So I so so that's that that's the whole sum total total I guess is like what they're trying to do is obviously not can't be trusted trusted in human hands to do, but our reaction to it 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 I think you just gotta watch it a little bit I think you gotta watch why you reacting to it you're saying my sin shouldn't cost that much when I go against whatever has been set out it shouldn't cost me like it does, but it should you should just stop doing it right it's a fight for no consequences yes. Yeah, you want to be able to do this thing and whatever and without any consequences. You say, it's not even connected. The train's not connected to smoking in the smoking section. Well, you shouldn't have spoken to the smoking section, and you would never have found out. You would never know what it's like to have to ride the slow train to Shanghai because you decided to smoke in the non-smoking section. Right. Hey, Mike, can you write me a song called The Slow Train to Shanghai? Yeah. Thank you. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I'm excited for it. All right, John Allen uh, Chow, 26, was shot dead with arrows when he went to the remote North Sentinel Island last week. It was uh, one of the world's most isolated regions in India's Andaman Islands and is off-limits to visitors. Chow had paid local fishermen to help him get to the island last Thursday. He was shot at but safely able to return to the boat where he penned a letter to his parents and several journal entries about his initial encounter. Chow detailed how he was committed to teaching the tribe about Jesus. In a letter dated November 16th, Chow asked his parents not to be mad at the tribe or at God if he was killed. After he returned to the island the following day, fishermen said they saw the tribesmen dragging Chow's body away. Uh, let's see. So he was shot dead. He uh, basically, he said, is I want to uh, I want to share Jesus with them. Uh, he said, you guys might think I'm crazy and all this, but I think it's worth it to declare Jesus to these people. He wrote in a letter to his parents. Please do not be angry at them or at God if I get killed. Uh, rather, please live your lives in obedience to whatever he has called you to. And I'll see you again when you pass through the veil. This is not a pointless thing. The eternal lives of this tribe is at hand, and I can't wait to see them around the throne of God, worshiping in their own language, as Revelations 7, 9 to 10 states. I love you all, and I pray none of you love anything in this world more than Jesus Christ. Chow signed off the letter with his name and Soli Dio Gloria, which is Latin for glory to God alone. The letter was dated November 16th, which is one day after the fishermen said they first took him to the island. Here's what happened. He went ashore in his kayak on the 15th, uh, and he sent the boat with the fishermen out to sea to avoid detection. He interacted with some of the tribe's people offering gifts such as a football and fish. But they became angry and shot an arrow at him, hitting a book he was carrying. That, book, that was his Bible. Um, after his kayak was damaged, Chow swam back to the fisherman's boat, which was waiting in a prearranged location. He spent the night writing about his experience in journal pages and then he, that he gave to the fisherman. He set out again to meet tribe's people on November 16th and never returned. Uh, the following day, the fisherman watched from a distance as the tribesmen dragged Chow's body away. Um, he detailed how he tried to offer uh, fish to the tribesmen before two armed sentinelese came rushing out yelling. He said he came face to face with the islanders and at one point was just inches away. They had two arrows each, unstrung until they got closer. I hollered, my name is John, I love you, and Jesus loves you. That's what he wrote in his journal. 
I regret I began to panic slightly as I saw them string arrows in their bows. I picked up the fish and I threw it toward them and they kept coming. Uh, this was the first time he, he ran away. It said, uh, I paddled like I never have in my life back to the boat. I felt some fear but mainly was disappointed. They didn't accept me right away. Uh, okay. So anyway, so the core question then is, like I, so the, the, the reaction I saw from a lot of people was, uh, this was dumb. This was dumb. He shouldn't have been there. There's no reason for him to go about this. And um, he's an idiot. What was your reaction to the same story? Is he dumb? Well, actually, so I, 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 I teeter back and forth. Is my, my initial reaction when reading the story was, yes, this sounds like something we would be up to. I don't know that I thought the tact was any good, right? Like, uh, what else are you going to do? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I... Maybe I, I I mean, I saw some guys were like, hey, man, uh, he should have tried something different, like dropping leaflets. Like they don't have a, it's an undocumented language. That's a what? terrible. Freaking leaflets. Terrible. Like they're going to pick it up and like, hmm. Leaflet. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, Pentecost, at least he showed God up with the fish. The words. I mean, the football, maybe not the football weirded him out. Yeah, that, yeah, that seems like an odd one, is to bring a football. Yeah, I mean, okay, so here, here's... Bring Western culture. Maybe here's my question, is if you were going to... Our normal, when we say, look, if you have to share, if you're going to share Jesus with somebody, it really helps if you love them first, right? If you love them. And to love them, you kind of got to know something about them. Yep. And these fellas uh, have a track record of wiping people out, right? People that don't belong on the island, they tend to arrow. Yeah, four, four years ago, I think it was, uh, a couple other dudes like got um, fishermen uh, parked at the island, and they were both killed as well. And then they were set up like scarecrows, like on a stake uh, on the edge of the island. And please don't mess around. No, they don't. You don't come in here. So, I mean, if that's the case, and, and you would know that about them, would you, if you felt like God was leading you to do this, you would do it, right? Like yes. this kid, like this kid did, right? Yep. And then yeah. you say, and it's not like there's not, there's not evidence uh, in the New Testament of the disciples being killed for what they were supposed to be doing. Right. Right. And it just happens. Right. Paul is, Paul is, uh, is, is unabashed in a number of situations that easily get him killed. Like, like you're mouthing off to the wrong people or telling them that they're, they're doing the wrong thing. Of John the Baptist, you know, John the Baptist to Herod. Um, a lot of situations, um, Jesus to Antipas. And so, so in, in any, think of through the New Testament, what, can you think of any stories where they, where they ran into like native barbarians? Yeah. Uh, Acts, right? Yes, Acts, yeah. <laughs> and what, 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 was, what was surrounding those circumstances? Uh, you got to compare it to something. They were, it, was, it was when they got in the, Paul got in the shipwreck. Right on. Right on. Yeah. And they were okay with it. And it was because of the fish. It was because of the snake or whatever. Yeah, they, right? saw, they saw the miracle with the snake. Okay. And, th and that, that toned them down a little bit. So, uh, although, although they had already, um, they, or they didn't kill them right away. Remember, this was like a group of prisoners. It wasn't just Paul, right? It was a group of prisoners um, swimming off the, from, from the shipwreck. Um, and they were building fires. And so they'd obviously let them kind of set up and build fires. Yeah. So is it different if you have knowledge of this beforehand? Right, that you know that they that if you if you Whitey McWhiterson step on this island, they're gonna they're gonna arrow you. It's just gonna happen, and you go. The Lord will protect me. Uh, I, so, so that, that's the point of which I would say it would it would it would have been foolish to believe that you were gonna escape this thing alive. But I don't know. I don't know that he thinks that. Uh, his writing doesn't seem to think that. No, no he's willing to sacrifice me. Yeah. So so that was the thing is that like, hey, uh, I think they were calling him an idiot. Um, 
because that he, because he died. But like I, he knew that, I, he knew that going into it. He, his basic deal was is that like if, you know if it costs me my life, but I might be able to introduce him to Jesus, I'm I'm willing to do it. Yeah, I'm excited and, to see him in the throne room. Right, he's not he's not up there like going ah oh, shucks, I should have thought that through differently. Well, I mean, especially from his writing saying that, like to his parents, you know, forgive them if they kill me. Like, don't get mad at them if they kill me. He was expecting them to to be hostile and to kill him. Yeah, it's not like he doesn't know what's going on. So, so the core question is, is that, like, um, if, if, if this isn't the way to do it, and, I, you know, who never knows, like, there's a perfect way to do it, but, like, if, if you can't go there, what are the options here? Do you just give up on the people and say, look, they're going to kill anybody they see, and so uh, the, the Lord's people don't traverse there? But that guy was willing to die that they might know Jesus. That sounds right. Is is being willing to die that so that they know Jesus? I think that I, my first reaction is I mean, amazing for him to to be willing to to go to that kind of length that that God's calling him to, and and to do that kind of thing. Like that's an amazing amount of faith to to be willing to do that, especially being willing to accept your death from that um like that serious of that perspective. But I, I just I don't know. Like I. I it, it, it sniffs right to me that someone is called by God to go to a hostile land, which has certainly happened many times in the Bible, and God will protect them. But I think that from our perspective, from our, our human perspective, it may look like a failure, but that doesn't mean that on God's timetable and on God's perspective it was. That, you know, him showing up for two days, one day being threatened and the next day being killed may have been, you know, a, a cosmic grand scheme thing that God has that could eventually turn into something for his good. Yeah, but I mean, so if you take the weight of his impending death out of it, I mean, we've decried actions on the modern church all over the place for doing things that might possibly lead somebody to Jesus, but might possibly do absolutely nothing, like handing out water bottles at a 5K. Where we're like, well, it could lead someone to Jesus. Uh, Yeah, this seems like the the exact opposite of that. Correct. Right, like th- th- this is not because um, th- that same kind of thought ran through my head. Is like, I mean, he's not—he doesn't have really a an easy plan here. He, th- th- you, you can't even start a conversation, really. And so he's even trying to start there. Um, but like, he's not—he's not—he's um, not doing something shallow and being satisfied. I, feel, I mean, he's—he's he's saying this is important to me. I feel like it's important to them, and no one else is going, and so I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, mean, I don't have a like. I I saw like guys that I respect going like this guy's dumb, uh, and I and I, I I I can't get there. I feel like he knew what he was walking into. He was willing to do it. Um, you can say that he died and that wasn't effective. I don't know that I know that. Um, you could always say, look, is it? There's no reason to needlessly sacrifice your life. I agree with that. Um, but I, you know, I I don't know that there's a better option here. Right, and I wouldn't call that needless. Uh, yeah, I agree. So, so the, I mean, what's the other side of the coin where they say, look, if he would not have died there at the age of 26, he could have had 30 more years into telling the gospel to thousands of other people. But does God actually work in economies like no, that? No. I was going to say, I don't think God works in that kind of currency. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. There's not a track record throughout uh, Scripture or throughout human history right. the, that God the, works in economies. The Scripture goes the exact opposite is, yeah. you know, the shepherd that goes after the one. Yeah, yeah. so I suppose he gets the, uh, yeah. Yeah, this all sounds fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see. Um, I, I, I was trying to think of another option. Like, I, like, I think the, the leaflets don't work. Um, Go in a group. Yeah, but like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna take a bunch of people. I mean, you could overwhelm them. Right. Like, yeah, you could send <laughs> four hundred missionaries there and say, "Look, we're, you're just flat out outnumbered. You don't have enough arrows." But like, that's an invasion. That's not introducing people to Jesus. That's true. Mean, yeah. 
I, I mean, do you do a, I mean, and this is this is uh, obviously just a brainstorming because I mean, he gave it a shot. He put more stones yeah, I mean, on the line we're, we're than I would. in here, right? But like, I mean, do you attempt to try to make uh, buddies with them? Like, do get like say, look, I'm gonna drop off uh, fish every day. Every day, I'm just gonna drop right, off fish. Like, right, like that's like the establishment of relationship before bringing in Jesus. Like that, that feel that's that feels better to me. Doing that is is taking care of a need. That I mean, they may Paul have. didn't do that though. Paul showed up with straight smacking Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did do that. I mean, I don't know. Like, you could say, um, so I think the problem, the risk in that way is, well, so frankly, well, actually, there's another element of the story. Like, he's there illegally. Go back to our law-abiding citizen. Yeah. He's not supposed to be there. Yeah, but neither are Bibles in China. We do that all the time. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Uh, is there that willing China? to break laws as long as it's Go ahead and tick me up for uh, untrustworthiness. I'm part of the problem. I ship Bibles to your place. Yeah, right on. Uh yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's true. Is like I would not, I would not accept uh, a human no where it's a god yes, right? Um, you know, it, we we are to follow the laws of man, but I don't think that that counts when it intersects with our duties as as followers in the kingdom of Christ. We we are ultimately aligned with the kingdom of Christ more than we are aligned with the laws of of the government that we claim to be our own yeah i mean you know, i'm not i i am a, a citizen of the kingdom of christ before i'm a citizen of the united states yeah i mean christians were christians were dying uh and being imprisoned for not um worshiping the, the, the emperor as a god right uh and so and that, that was within you know within a, a generation of jesus's time and they thought they weren't mixing up romans um for them to, to say oh well but i'm supposed to obey everybody and so i'll go ahead and do this yeah but see i think the difference between Say the hardy Christians of old, and maybe us, is we feel like there should be no consequence attached to that. Where they'll go, yes, I realize that the punishment is death. I'm not going to do that. So right, I'm here. We'll yeah. decry the injustice of it and go, I can't believe they're doing this. This is so wrong. And those guys are like, I realize the law is that we cannot worship Jesus. I'm just going to continue doing it. And so just do whatever you feel you got to do. Right, exactly. Here Daniel praying <laughs> continually, not stopping, and refusing fine. to pray to the idols of, of, what was that, Nebuchadnezzar but, at that time? Uh, and and that's, that, that's the weird part of living in a free democracy like we do, is, is because we will fight for the injustice even when it's against ourselves. Right? When you li- live in an oppressive society like the Christians were in the Roman times, right? you can say, look, there's nothing we can do. We don't have any say in this government, but we're not going to stop following Jesus, so right. I guess we'll just take the punishment with a smile and go, okay, is what it is. But like in, growing up in the democracy we grew up in, we'll go, well, that's crap. I should be able to worship Jesus all I want. I'm going to work to change that law so then uh, I don't get punished for it. And, then, and, and, and so that, like, when we talk about people having persecution and whatever, that's why we don't know much about it. It's because we'll just exactly. change We'll fight to change it so we don't get to persecute. Yeah, there's, there's nothing subversive about Christianity in, in the American population. We are perfectly fine to, to practice what we want and we can, we can worship our God with no real persecution. There may be resistance, but there's no legitimate persecution. Whereas, you know, countless times in the Bible is that you choose God and death or you choose to go against God. And that's the choice. It's not, it's not like, oh, there aren't any consequences. It is, I'm going to die for this, but that's the deal. Yeah, Mike's right, though. Is like our, our democratic republic gives us the impression of hope, like that we have yeah. the power to change something. And so we get caught up in that, in that element of it. Um, we're without, like, we don't want to accept consequences because we believe it is within our power or within our right to be able to change the consequences that we deem unfair. Whereas um, where Christianity is in places is in oppressive uh, cultures, uh, they don't even have that concept. Like they know it's not going to change, 
and so uh, it's it's a lot uh, simpler of a transaction. And they're not fitting. They're not kicking and screaming down the aisle. They're like, yes, right. we know this was illegal. Yep. Yes, we did it anyway. Yes, we realize there are consequences. And yes, we realize we're going to face them right now. Where we're like, yes, I knew this was illegal. Yes, I did it anyway. No, I don't think I should face the consequences. This needs to change directly. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 maybe that's true. Maybe that's a gift that we have within our uh, with our society to be able to do that. But it does uh, it does change your reaction to things. As we Mike's right, we we feel like we will do them anyway. And then argue that we don't deserve the consequences, even though we the consequences were very clear at the beginning right. what was going to happen. Right. And and, and to be fair, a uh, young man seemed to have all that uh, pretty tucked away. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he's right. I, I mean, where it's not like the odds are that if it, there's no there's no seeds and watering on the Sentinel Island. Right. Like you have to bring the whole thing because right. there's not another dude coming around to water. You know, and there's not another fella. <laughs> and so, like, you have to get there and you have to do it. And if that's what God has you doing, then that's what you do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to grasp because it does, it seems reckless, I guess. Well, if you, if you're going for the greater good and say, look, I, I could have talked to the whole country of Zimbabwe for the next 30 years of my life. And, and there's just as many number of people that don't know Jesus there than it is the 200 people that live on this island. Right. Proportionally, it seems more sense to go to the capital and, and do this thing. But I mean, you're right. We, sometimes we go after the one. And sometimes God has you doing something that, that just doesn't flat out make any number sense or logical human brain action. Well, and I think that, that to call upon the whole seeds thing, like I, I, this just whole thing reminds me of uh, the parable of the, the I, I can't remember, the parable of the sower or whatever, you know, the guy throwing seeds and some land on the road and some land here and then, yeah. you know, all this sort of stuff. The one thing that, that only within the last couple of years I really started looking at was the dude that's throwing the seeds does not care where they're going. Like, you plant seeds. You put them specifically where they're supposed to be. Like, you've got a row that you put them in. I don't know if anyone's ever ever gardened, but you don't just throw seeds on the ground and then hope that you, you get tomatoes. You put them specifically where they go. You pot, them, pot the land exactly where it needs to go. But the parable there isn't, they're not plotting these individual seeds. It is literally scattering them everywhere and throwing them and hoping that things grow. Some land on the road. Some land on the ground that's fertile. Some land on the ground that's, that, that's dry and it's it's the fact that there's no prejudice of where they're thrown, just just scattering. And I think that, that kind of plays here is you know this is exactly where these seeds need to go. It's just I'm throwing them everywhere they need to be, and this is where they're called to go is this Sentinel Island or something, and this is where the seeds go. And and I I love that thought process of nobody else is doing it and they need Jesus. It doesn't matter of whether or not I'm going to get killed. They need Jesus. There's no there's no debate on that topic in his mind, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I hear a lot of uh, uh, someone else believing that their nothing is better than his something. And I, I'm, I'm having trouble getting there. So, hey, hey let us know. You, you got an uh, What are your thoughts on this? You guys think we, uh, the guy overreacted, should have should have dialed it back? Uh, it was an unnecessary risk, or uh, I mean, do you go anywhere? You do anything to help you guys uh, get to know Jesus? Let us know on the complaint line five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. That's uh, either call or text five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. That's the life from the path. A complete line, and I did want to say this. Uh, so we've kind of been joking over the last few weeks um, uh, about uh, you know we're, we're not getting a lot of complaints, uh, but the truth is we've we've had some people send some very kind things, and uh, we do really appreciate it. Um, it's it's been very encouraging. Um, to be honest, we don't have a great concept of how many people listen to the show, whether it is um, helpful for you at all. Like I, I know it's helpful for me, and it's helpful for the guys in the room, and so we're going to keep doing it anyway. Um, 
but uh, th- those have been super encouraging. So I do I do appreciate that. So uh, as much as we're going to keep calling it the complaint line because I think it's that's most likely what will be on it. Um, if you guys got any feedback for the show from us or answers to this question uh, on on Mr. Chow, just uh, like I say, give us a call or text five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. So, so, Mike, are you covered on your uh, Pope style? Yeah, we nailed it already. Okay, okay, we're good to go. Where was the Chow guy from? Uh, it says he was an American Christian. Okay. South Carolina. Are you remembering that actually, or is that just you throw that out there? You want an answer or don't you? Like a true answer. <laughs> okay, I can't uh, be there. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Thanks, Mike. You feel like Secular South Carolina. Do you feel like when they, when they shot the Bible... That that was Washington, Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, that it was what? That when the kid shot the Bible, like the tribesman shot, took a shot at him with this arrow and hit his Bible on his on when he was bailing the first time. And so, um, you feel like that should have been, hey man, maybe we should get out of here. <laughs> you, that is a warning sign that yeah. the Bible got shot. Yeah. I mean, why? Why? I guess no, not really. Why? Why do you? Are you putting weight in the fact that it's a Bible versus a different book? Yeah. Okay. No, I guess no. I don't think it would be a warning sign if like, the Bible got like, shot. Like an omen is what you're saying, Mike. No, a sign from the Lord. A sign from the a Lord. A sign from the Lord that the Bible got shot. Oh, I should probably leave. I mean, I might think, hey, the Lord's word protected me. Right. That's exactly what I would. He thought. wasn't I, using it as a shield. Yeah, but he didn't get hit. The Bible did. Yeah. And you so think, it's, it's now, like those on. lame movies that somebody gets shot in the chest and ends up being like there's a steel pendant in there that was given okay. to him two hours earlier. But uh, you're under the impression that these indigenous folks aren't expert arrow. Arrowman. Oh, no, they're good. That's what I'm saying. You think they're expert marksmen, and they shot the Bible specifically? Yes, as a warning shot across the bow. No. Do you think they would have known what the book book significant was? They don't care. It don't belong here. They don't recognize the holy book. No. They would have seen it. They probably saw it a-glowing, and they just took a shot at it. Now it's ethereally growing. They they have the scriptures. (laughs) Shoot the scriptures. Yeah. You ready for for this? No, no. Hey, just real quick. I I was just looking... um, about this guy's career, it does say, uh, working as a missionary, he had traveled to different countries. He traveled to several refugee camps in different countries, running medical camps, seminars, and sports events. He has traveled to South Africa, Burmese refugee camp in Tulsa, a refugee camp in northern Iraq. In Tulsa, he worked as an outreach coordinator and helped to run a Burmese refugee soccer outreach. In northern Iraq, he worked in the Syrian refugee camp and ran soccer medical camps, organized coaching seminars and soccer tournament to establish a sound relationship with the locals. So this dude's been in the rough. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's in about like real rough. Yeah, that. I love well, that I mean, that makes me feel. I, I I don't know why it makes me feel a little bit better. It makes me feel a little bit better that this wasn't like his first shot. Like sixteen years old youth groups going to you know Sentinel Island. He got a he got a master's in health and physical education from Oral Roberts. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the guy was just was an adventurer and he loved Jesus and he he went around to try to help. I mean, that also explains the football. Oh yeah, yeah. He was trying. I mean, I don't. I feel like that wasn't going to work. Yeah, that's a terrible. But, but here's the deal. Like, uh, if if they're shooting anybody, like even the, he came and like proclaimed his name was John and he, Jesus loves him and whatever. And like we think, oh, hey, they don't like to be uh, witness to. But like they killed those two fishermen. Yeah, they had no idea what he was saying. Yeah. Uh, no, I think he picked up the their language. He tried to say it in their language. Oh, really? Yeah. It didn't say that. No, but that was the impression I got. You, it didn't say that. I didn't get that impression at all. I think that's what it did. No. Yeah. You think he picked up on their specific language? They don't even have people who speak the language. Oh, yeah, they know them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Are you saying that like, there are people in India that aren't 
specialists that speak the Sentinel Island tongue? Uh, someone, I think someone knows it. Who? No one could get on the island without right. Isn't it shot. illegal to go because they're so preserved as a nation? Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can find. Continue. Dear, lie from the path. I'm worried for my son. He's going on his first business trip in January to Japan. He doesn't drink alcohol. He's not an alcoholic. It's his personal choice. His bosses, who do business there frequently, are now telling him that the Japanese will not do business with you unless you drink with them first. Ah, crap, I was wrong. Yeah, nobody knows. The Sentinelese speak their own language. Almost nothing is known about it and appears to be a language isolated. Since uh, islanders do not interact with speakers of other languages, there are no bilingual translators. A child. Well, okay. I mean, I, I suppose there's there's biblical precedence for walking in and saying, Holy Spirit, just translate for me. That's true. I repent of my uh, lies. Go ahead. His bosses who do business there frequently are now telling him that the Japanese will not do business with you unless you drink with them first. Oh. Can you find out if this is true? And if it is, what can or should my son do? Worried mom. What? I got, I got an idea for you. Did you stay the heck out of it? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. You're his mother. If he's old enough to be going on a business trip to Japan, uh, leave him alone. Yeah, I mean... He's a grown man. He's got his own job. Listen, you don't have to go over there and get schnockered with the Japanese, but, I mean, you should have a sake if they're offering it. Just have one. I was I was in Japan for, like, nine and a half hours, and I I don't know. You I, have zero experience. In I have Japan zero experience in this, but, like, I feel like that seems like a movie, like, Hollywooded up kind of way of doing it. His bosses to, say it. Uva. Well, my boss told me that I was going to have to wash my clothes in a wash basin when I went over to the Philippines. Mm. That did not happen. No, I, I was in a four-star hotel, and they did my laundry for me. Here's the thing. Yeah. She actually shouldn't know any of this unless her son is a whiny. <laughs> Call his mama. <laughs> well, I might have to drink when I go to Japan. What am yeah, I going to do? mama, they say I got to drink with the Japanese. What should I do? I don't like rice wine, mama. I don't want to drink. I mean, you should have a, you just have a couple, but like you just say no when you want to say no. Here's the thing. If you're doing international business, all right, it's not like the Japanese believe that everyone is the Japanese. <laughs> yeah. They're not dumb. If they do business with Americans, they get a little bit about the culture. And so like they always tell you this, like when you go traveling to other cultures, they're like, this is how the culture works. Got to be real careful not to be offensive. Now, here's the deal. That's true for the general population. But someone knows you're coming, generally speaking. If you're doing business over there, they realize you're an American. Just like if a Japanese guy showed up, I wouldn't assume that he's an American. And sorry, assume that, like, he will act in an American way or I will be offended. <laughs> yeah. Like, cheeseburger and Marlboro's? Yeah. We, we give you gifts of golden girls Would you and like pizza. a Bud Light? <laughs> Right, so so like if they're if if unless this is the first rodeo, which it, I I would doubt it, otherwise they're probably not sending this cat over here. Right, your uh, first time, go go full, bolster the deal. You know, it's 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 polite to otherwise join in in whatever you find is a, a culturally appropriate activities. But like if you get into number three and you don't want to do it, just say no thanks. They're not going to blow the business deal because you didn't have a third round of rice wine. Yeah, if you're not an alcoholic, what's the problem with having a, a, a sake? It's his personal choice, Booba. I'm just saying, like, but what's the real, real issue? He's my son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That, that is the real issue. He but, don't want to drink no alcohol. But he's my kid. <laughs> what am I going to do? I don't know why I'm Mexican now. Um, but no, that's ridiculous. Yeah, you should totally leave your grown son out of it. I mean, he's successful. He's going to Japan, obviously. Right. I mean, they don't, you don't just, just send, send a random the co- boob there. Right. You don't send the 9.50 an hour guy that flips your fries over to Japan. Yeah. Unless he's really good at it. And the Japanese are like, hey, man, do you have a sweet fry guy? Because we need him. Okay. Secular. Let's see what Secular says. Secular says, 
Although alcohol can be a part of an important bonding ritual across East Asia, your son may be able to forge successful business relationships in other ways. According to Aaron Meyer, a professor at the International Graduate Business School, INSEAD, and author of, quotes, The Culture Map, Breaking Through the Invisible Boundaries of Global Business. People buy books that I think are dumb. <laughs> you think Secular just Googled that real quick? Yeah. Uh, quotes, if you don't drink, you can certainly find other ways to partake in the fun. In Japan, a round of karaoke or a trip to the spa can do wonders. <laughs> Yeah, okay. You can't have three cups of rice wine, but you go sit naked with the Japanese inside the spa? <laughs> yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> Creepo, oh, man. Because your son is involved in international business, he may find Professor Meyer's book, which was published in 2014, will give him valuable insight. That's a good idea. Our culture has not changed in four years. Theirs probably hasn't either. Just roll over there and do oh, yeah. what you want. Hey, Mike, fellas, I'm going to get you that book for Christmas. I don't feel comfortable drinking with you. Would you like to go in a buck wild inside <laughs> this sauna? <laughs> yes. I don't feel comfortable drinking with you. Here's Bon Jovi. <laughs> in my native tongue. In my native tongue. <laughs> Do you know living on a prayer? <laughs> you live on prayer. <laughs> I get, that's stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Like, I did karaoke. But did you do karaoke in the of Philippines? Of course I did karaoke yeah. in the Philippines, I mean, man. Everybody sings in the Philippines. It's fun. It's terrifying. But, like, here's... Uh, and I said yes to that, frankly, because they were super excited about it. Right. But, like, I wasn't, I wasn't. you know, there wasn't, it didn't put me into a moral trepitude. And I'm like, oh, I can't. I just <laughs> I can't do it. Well, I, was, I got into a karaoke competition. There was literally a, there was a call center-wide karaoke competition that, like, everyone was required to participate in. <laughs> and so, like, even the people that didn't want to sing, which was, like, two out of 450, surprisingly, were required to sing. Wait, what did you sing, Boo? Uh, I sang um, uh, Michael Bublé's song. You only had to go once? Yeah, oh, I, I lost immediately. I was a terrible singer compared to most people in the oh, Philippines. Man. But, uh, no, they found out I was a D, or I was a DJ at one point in time. And apparently, DJ in the Philippines is completely different than a DJ. Is it being the, the guy States. that runs the karaoke? Oh yeah. So like, <laughs> literally, when I told them I was a DJ because I used to DJ weddings and stuff like that, like they found that out and freaked out. And they were like, "Oh, you have to sing karaoke then." And I'm like, "Why are those two things together?" Like, I've done karaoke DJing before, but that doesn't mean I'm a good singer. And they were all very disappointed when they found out I was not a good singer. Yeah. They were like, "Why are you a DJ then if you can't sing?" I'm like. Because the other people sang the songs for me. And we have just low play standards in the States. Right. Like, I don't have to do that. Yeah. So. Oh, man. That was fun. I did. I, I danced with the Ethiopian Adam Levine. He looked just like you Adam Levine. You danced with the Ethiopian Adam Levine. Uh, yeah, he did. He looked just like Adam Levine. And then he invites me up to dance his weird Ethiopian dance where his shoulders make weird moves that mine don't make. What? Yeah. Is it? Oh. There's legit footage. And he was cool. Like, I mean, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I fell on my butt a couple times. I can imagine. You were very uncoordinated. He looks just like Adam Levine. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Here we go. Uh, last one. Dear Life from the Path. I have some concerns about my marriage. My husband is a retired U.S. veteran. He was married before we got together, and his former spouse receives his survivor benefits. This was something that was decided during their divorce. I am not entitled to anything. I have been a loving wife and have taken care of him for the 14 years we have been married. He has one daughter who is 40-plus years old. I just found out that I am not his beneficiary on anything. He is. This has me very worried. Please let me know what I need to do about this situation. Have a conversation. If it's really bothering you that much and you've been married to the man for 14 years happily, have a conversation. So, 14, they've been married for 14 years. He has a 40-year-old daughter. 
40 plus and a first wife. Yes. Is it unheard of to think that he's known the daughter longer than he's known you? Elected. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, maybe he just hasn't changed it yet. Right. That's what I'm saying. Have the conversation because there's a chance he's going to go, huh, I never thought about it. And then change it real quick. And then you're both happy. Don't assume that it's going to be this life-altering, family-shaking conversation just because it's about money and a beneficiary to life insurance. Well, how did she figure it out? Was she being sneaky? Because, I mean, obviously, I'm worried about that. if they were looking at it together as a team, then obviously the he would already know already. that yeah. you know. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe she was snooping like the, the, the will or something, which would be mm. really weird. Let's see. Okay, here's Secular says, Buva is a yutz. Oh, wow. Well, that's, oh, secular. That was weird. <laughs> oh, man, that was, that was totally that felt out of left field. That almost felt personal. It says, what you need to do is discuss this with your husband <laughs> to see if he will modify his will, which may have been drafted before he married you. Okay, yeah, we said that. Then the two of you should talk to an attorney. Okay, this is where she's going to give you the step-by-step on how to live. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Then the two of you should probably talk to an attorney, preferably one who specializes in wills and trusts. That's a solid plan. If your husband is not willing to make an adjustment, then consult an attorney on your own because as it stands, your husband's estate plan is not fair to you. I am. (coughs) It scares me how often we run into the secular versus Solomons that people are asking for help from strangers before they're willing to communicate with their loved ones. In even the most superficial of fashions. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. You're saying, hey, I don't want to have a conversation with my husband. What's what this I news do? outlet say? Oh, I should have a conversation with my husband. Right on. Okay. <laughs> Wait, are you saying that I should speak to my loved ones? Man. Yeah. But he's already against me. I, I didn't tell. think about that. We've been happily married for 14 years because we don't talk. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not like I update my wheel every five years. Right. I, you know, like I just make sure I did, you know, maybe we should pay better attention to it. But I'm pretty sure. That, yeah. Like, I could probably have five more kids and not even put them as beneficiaries on my life The only reason I'm in any way aware of life insurance is because I've been the benef- beneficiary of two life insurance policies. Yeah, and right. it affected a lot of stuff, and that's the only reason I know about that. Yeah, see? I, I just, I, I'm, I'm almost guaranteeing he just hadn't thought about it. Yeah. So, just bring it. Is your will in order? Mine isn't. Uh, All I'd you're like going to get is two broken down trucks and a Chewbacca statue. Shoot. Am I, I in f- your will, Ben? Uh, yeah, I think you guys will get our kids. Oh yeah, okay, that's cool. <laughs> at least Here, take these financial. At burdens. least the oldest two. <laughs> you have at least the oldest two to amend it since the other's been born. No, I got to figure out what to do with them. Yeah, I mean we'll take them. Uh, I think we better split them up. Yeah, okay, they're not good for each other. <laughs> All right, hey, you can listen to live from the path. Thanks for hanging out with us. Really do appreciate it. Hey, go get your will done. Yes. Uh, now hold, hold on. Figure out your life insurance policy. Hey, uh, listen, listen to me. Uh, uh, or just scratch it on a sheet of paper, like right now. You, you, a lawyer just got a, a sweet form. All right. Uh, but, like, g- get the nuts and bolts down, all right, about who gets children, who who, uh, who 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 is responsible for your estate. Just write it down. You can do it in, like, five sentences. Get yeah. it signed. And then find time when you can get to a letter or whatever. But, like, get it down. Put it in the put it in the, uh, the, uh, uh, the safe. The box. And then send yeah. a copy to somebody. It's a total pain if you don't have that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, um, it's, something is better than nothing. And, like, yeah. legal documents are good because lawyers make good money to, to fill out forms for you. And, and sure they've they done it, like, a hundred times. It's not that it's bad. But I'm saying that, like, it's not any more legally robust than the sheet of paper you drew up. Just make sure it covers the things that you care about. Uh, anyway, get, get that done. Anyway, uh, let's see. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. Really do appreciate it. Uh, we will see you uh, next week. Kevin Lindgren is going to be in the studio. Uh, he's got a Kickstarter looking to fund a new album. And uh, we'd love to have you check out the show, dig on that, and support what he's got going on. Uh, Kevin Lindgren has always been a good friend of the program, and be be good to have him back in. 
hanging tight and playing some tunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.